What up, Real Sports fam? Welcome to episode 11 of the Real Underscore Sports Podcast, a Snapchat sports pod. On this episode, we are going full on Monday mailbag questions from the Real Sports fam because we love the Real Sports fam. We're covering Russell Westbrook trade, a lot of NFL questions, some college football. We're doing it all. So let's get it. Get down goes Frazier. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. What's going on, Real Sports fam? I'm your host, Jack Settleman from Real Underscore Sports on Snapchat, a 1 million follower page, the most engaged sports snap. With me today is my longtime best friend, Abe Granoff. Abe, say what's up to the peeps going on real sports fam i guess this is like an episode strictly for them just like a for the people kind of episode you know well we are the people's podcast and every episode is for them but we had to amp it up a little bit so um obviously i have to throw you a curveball no pun intended and stop doing this (laughs) i don't know if they're gonna believe us but it is genuine i did not tell you it's not it's genuine i i haven't gotten one right yet you haven't, which and there's been some easy ones. And if honestly, if you watch my snap story, like you should, you would know that at least the question was coming. But the real sports trivia question from Saturday is which one of these pitchers never won a Cy Young Award? A Nolan Ryan, B Roger Clemens, C Sparky Lyle, D Clayton Kershaw. Who the hell is Sparky Lyle? <laughs> um Run those back again. Do not look this up. A, Nolan I'm not Ryan, looking it up. B, Roger Clemens. C, Sparky Lyle. D, Clayton Kershaw. I know for a fact it's not uh, Clemens. I feel like he has like a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Um, he has seven. Sparky Lyles. He's not, <laughs> that name is something. Um, See, I feel like Sparky Lyles, whoever that may be, definitely has one because why would you throw in that random name? Because a lot of people would pick him right away. Kershaw definitely has one. Let's go Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan is correct by the process of elimination. That's why you go to college, kids, for for those problem-solving techniques. Nolan Ryan, seven no-hitters in his career, most ever. Never won a Cy Young Award. And one year he actually had the lowest ERA in the league. The problem was he never had an even halfway decent record. I know like Felix won one and DeGrom, whatever. But uh, back then they they rewarded the record. So congratulations. Abe gets his first trivia question right. And it was a tough one. This That's one really not, nope, 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 nope. That Whoa. was not the first one I got right. Oh, you got, I got the Steagles. I got the Steagles one right. And I half I got half of the who got drafted before MJ. Actually, you know what? I'm going to say I got 75% of it right because I knew sort of what his name sounded like. What was his name again? Sam Bowie. Sam Bowie. I knew it was like something like that. And I kind of, if you go back on the, that episode, I kind of hinted at it, but I didn't get the name on the dot. So I, I've gotten now 2.75 correct. Fair enough. There's only been 11 episodes. No, I'm kidding. We haven't done trivia, everyone. Um, all right, let's get into the Monday mailbag sponsored by Harry's, harrys.com backslash blue wire for your, all your shaving needs. Question one from Stephen Cool Saber. How are you? That's the question. <laughs> well, Stephen, I'm flattered that you care. Um, I'm great. Had a good weekend. Was at the beach. Uh, woke up. 
watched this uh, uh, Wimbledon match, which was probably the craziest tennis match of all time. Um, the how it went to the fifth set tiebreaker with this new rule when it's tied 12-12. And now we're recording, so it's a good time. Thanks for caring. Steven, I'm great. We're recording the People's Pod. Uh, We'll touch on Wimbledon in a second, but uh, most important question of the night and a very uh, touching one. So over the weekend, the the Angels threw a combined no-hitter in their first game since honoring the late Tyler Skaggs, who passed away. Um, so Shane Dell, uh, 0-15 asks, is the combined no-hitter by the Angels the most emotional moment in sports history, or is it something else? And I just want to say, I'll let Abe start, but uh, it was a special moment, and this is why we love sports. It's literally four moments like that. There's no other there's no other really place in the world where anything that magical can happen, a true Angels in the Outfield moment. But uh, we'll pay our – Great movie, our, by the way. Great back. movie. Great movie. Uh, it felt real on uh, Friday night, but uh, so we pay our respects to Tyler. Rest in peace. But Abe, any other great emotional moments that stand out like that? Um. Well, I think that the reason I'm going to say this was like the most emotional is because of like all the little things that happened during the game. I, I saw you posted on Real Sports, like all like the numbers that added up. Just a few. Um, his birthday was July thirteenth, seven thirteen. Um, which was yesterday, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they scored seven runs in the first, 13 runs in the total in the whole game, 7-13. Um, the game ends. The Angels face 28 batters two hours before what would have been his 28th birthday. Trout hits a 454-foot home run. Like, you can't make this stuff up. Like, I was listening – I was watching baseball tonight like an hour ago, and Tim Kirchin was saying, like, um, like that's how you know there really are baseball gods. They're just like gods in sports. Where like this stuff happens, like his mom threw out a first pitch, a strike, by the way, like a nice yeah. pitch. Uh, could use her on the Phillies bullpen. But um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to compare all these emotional moments. We had Joe on the other day talk about how create, like even his computer background now is the TCU block at the end of the game after they found out that um, Andrew Andrew Jones, right? Yeah. Andrew Jones was diagnosed with leukemia. Like stuff like like it's hard to compare because they're all special in their individual way but like with all the little things that happened during this angels game and the fact that it was combined no hitter like it's a no-brainer for me like it had this is like th- when i saw you posted on real sports um all those facts like you just you literally just can't make this stuff up it this is the one that wasn't on there that i have to mention it was kind of on there but the last time a combined no hitter was thrown in the state of California was July thirteenth, nineteen ninety one, and oh that was the day God. that he was born. It just gives you chills. It really does. Jeez, yeah. Um, Andrew Jones moment special. Boom, AJ. Uh, he f- is making his recovery, which has just been amazing to watch. One that always will stick out for me is uh, he was an ex Ravens coach, Chuck Pagano. He was the head coach for the Colts and he was diagnosed with cancer. And uh, in the first game or one of the games they are honoring him, Chuck strong all over the stadium. The Packers come to town. Luck leads a comeback. They go up 30, 27 with like a minute left. And then obviously you have that bad man, Aaron Rodgers coming back with the ball. And we know no lead is safe. Um, he leads them down, sets them up. Mason Crosby clutch kicker all his career. And this kick 
is going straight like he he crushes it it's right down the middle and then literally right before like probably 10 yards before it's getting to the goalpost it just curves and it drops like it goes like 20 yards left like it was the craziest thing it literally looked like some being from above blue like lance lance stevenson like blew on the ball and just <laughs> shifted it left at the goalpost um so that's one that i'll always remember but Definitely on a very emotional moment for uh, Tyler Skaggs and the Angels and all of them. So, for sure. Good question, Shane. Next question, more on the fun side, is from Bruh Luke. Great name. <laughs> Are the Rockets yeah. a legit contender? Do you think Russ and Harden can share the ball? I, I will once again let you start, but it comes with a caveat. You were shitting on Russ. No, saying I wasn't. He, yes, you were. You were saying he's a loser. You were saying he would make the Warriors worse than D'Lo would. And now I already know what your response is. So tell the people. I'm all in on this Rockets team, baby. <laughs> like, I think they did. All right. So we all know how I feel about Chris Paul. Unbelievable talent. But, like, he ruins teams. He's a perennial loser uh, through and through. Which is and what you called he- Russ, FYI. I never called Russ a perennial loser. If you him a loser, find yeah. that soundbite, maybe I'll take it back. But I don't think you'll go to the to the effort of trying to find that. So we're gonna live in the moment. I'm all in on this trade. Um they now have hands down the best backcourt in basketball, better than Stephen Clay. Two of the past three MVPs. Um and they were able to keep Eric Gordon, PJ Tucker, Capella. I'm seeing now that they're looking to trade for Igadala. Um I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but that'd be a great piece off the bench. And I just think one worry I have with this Houston Rockets team isn't Russ, isn't Harden, but it's Mike D'Antoni. Um, his coaching style, like we saw, he he like essentially like was the at the forefront of changing how the NBA was played when he was the coach of the seven second or less funds with like uh, Nash, Amari Stoudemire, uh, Raja Bell. I think James Jones was on that team too, but that that style of play, like that fast pace, and then the ISO with Harden. Even though obviously now you have Russ to incorporate, it's great in the regular season. But like, you need to move the ball in the playoffs and find find your offense. And I just don't think I think that their kryptonite inevitably would be him. But do I think they're a contender? I think that it's finals or bust. The sky is the limit for them. Uh, I think they're right there. I think that you know I think they're better than the Clippers, honestly. I'll put the wow. Lakers first, the Rockets second, the Clippers third in the Western Conference. Um, I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever if any of those three teams come out of the West. The I one th- thing though, it kind of contrasts what you're saying. Like you are you talking about seeding or like Clippers, Rockets get to a playoff series, who then are you taking? Because that's all that matters. I'm taking the Rockets. I'm not talking about seeding. I'm talking wow. about like who I think are the better teams. Because um, because what you were just saying was moving the ball and all of that, and I think the Clippers are going to be one of the better playoff teams. I don't think the regular season record will be spectacular, but come playoff time, that's a team built and a defense heavy squad. I mean, yeah, you you take a guy like Kawhi, who's like who's who's proved that he can be he can be the guy, like Paul he, George. No, listen, he's essentially the 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 one guy that's really won a championship by themselves as a superstar, like the, everybody else. Dirk, yeah, but whatever. Um, but now you have a guy like Kawhi who can be your closer in the fourth quarter, uh, Paul George, whereas Russ and Harden have both been – that's been like their Achilles heel is like 
all right, can you do it when it matters? Like, can Harden hit the shot rather than looking for the foul? Like, don't worry about the foul. Just hit the shot. So that could that could also be uh, kryptonite for the Rockets. But uh, in the end, I think they're the better team. Uh, I like their starting five up against anybody in the NBA with their three-point shooting around Russ and Harden's playmaking ability and Capella. So I'm all in on this Rockets team this year. And yeah, I mean, I know people are talking about Ken Russ and Harden share the ball. There's only one ball to go around. But listen, they played together in OKC. They understand each other's style of play. They're best friends. It's not like they're butting heads like Chris Paul and Harden were, um, apparently. So I think that's people are blowing that way out of proportion. I think they'll make it work. And I think Russ will know his role and know that James Harden is the guy. He's been in Houston for so long. So I, I really do think that this Rockets team can be special. That's that the thing is, is I'm a huge fan of the trade also, but the memes were too good that I had to post them all over real sports. And I think people probably think I hated the deal, uh, which I did a little because my boy CP3 got shipped to oblivion. But uh, I think that the Rockets are the Rockets were a game away with Chris Paul of beating that great Warriors team. They were, you know, it was two, two, three, two this year. Uh, and all they did was upgrade. I love CP3. You know, that's my guy. But Russ, is a, he's just an upgrade. He's just a better, younger, more athletic. He averages 11 assists a game. It's an amazing move. And can Russ and Harden share the ball? Yes, because he's going to play off ball a little. He'll, they'll play in different, you know, different rotations like they did this year. Um, but at the end of the game, this is the thing. When Russ was an MVP and a big reason of why he was, you know, kind of chucking a lot over the past few years is because he was actually a really good and decently efficient scorer early in his career. It's been of late that his uh, his efficiencies and his shooting has gone downhill, which is why I think now that he's on a true contender, unlike the, the Thunder were like a joke contender or pretender as we call him. And I just think that people know, like Harden's going to be the, the go-to scorer. Russ is going to totally own that role. So I think it's a great trade. I... I think they're top three in the West. I agree. I don't know if they're over the Clippers yet because I like the Clippers playoff style, but they will be around. And the one, the one thing to think about is you, you mentioned they kept all their pieces. They gave up a lot of picks obviously, but Maury will not stop. He'll make signings. And like, could you see, I don't know how it works with the cap and all that, but like he would make a move for Beal just for four months. I know he would. And then everything changes. So I think they're a solid contender. What do you think? Another question from LHR Sports on YouTube. Uh, what teams could become a contender with the addition of my boy CP3? Become a contender? As in like a championship contender? <laughs> he would have to get bought out and play for the no, league. Is that the question? Like which team becomes a championship, like finals or bus contender? Uh, yeah. Yeah, the answer is nobody. <laughs> um, like I said you before, you know you know how I feel about Chris Paul. Um, we saw even last year, like he's kind of on the downfall. He's not like the superstar that he used to be. Um, especially he's, he's what, 34, 35. Doesn't look and healthy. He, he's got how much left on his contract? Like four years, yeah. 160 plus mil. Um, no team. One, no contender really has that cap space for him. Um, and, I mean, we're seeing reports of him going to Miami and you pair him with Jimmy Butler. Uh, they'll, those two will probably butt heads. That'll be pretty entertaining 
and we'll probably get some good stories out of that. But that's all you'll get. They'll be one of the cute teams, as I like to call. Like you just said, OKC was a pretender, not a contender. I like to refer to them as cute. Like they can win 45 games and have their fun, but they won't do anything come playoff time. Um, I haven't really seen any other reports other than Miami. Have you? Um, the Pistons, which <laughs> is even worse. Because him pair, and Blake. I don't know. You pair Chris Paul, Derek Rose, and Blake Griffin together. That's like first team all knees. Um, yeah, that is, that is all yeah, knees. That team, that team would make the playoffs. I think they, the Pistons yeah, they would, would be definitely a seven or eight seed even without Chris Paul. But long story short, Chris Paul, you're never winning a title. Um, you right, never bro. were winning a title. And what no did he team, do to you? He didn't do anything to me. I just – Speak my oh. mind as I yeah. as I should as a podcaster. There's no team that becomes an immediate contender unless like something ridiculous happens, meaning like he literally got bought out of 120 million and plays for the vets men. Um, I think more interesting is like where do you even go with him? Why would the Heat want him? I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. The well, one I thing I'd love I'm- to see the Knicks make a move for Chris Paul. Oh, I would love it, but the Knicks <laughs> aren't dumb like that. They wouldn't. They're not um, nah. Not okay. Melvin Perry. They only make good decisions. Anyways, moving on, kind of tacking on. Question from Turner.Rjoy. Do you think there will be more NBA big offseason moves like K-Love, Beal, maybe John Wall? And uh, it's been like, I don't know, 72 hours since we had a Woj bomb. So it would be nice for something to happen. I don't know if anything – yeah, I see Chris Paul being traded before the season starts, but I don't know if it's necessarily imminent. But out – like. Kevin Love is kind of an interesting piece that could be moved to a contender. Maybe the Rockets go for him. I don't know. No, I mean, I don't see. I don't see. You mentioned John Wall and Bradley Beal. Um, all I've seen about Bradley Beal, I know you have your different thoughts about it, but that the the Wizards can't offer him an extension because of some rule until July twenty sixth, I think it is. Um, at which point it'll be like a four for one twelve type max deal, and I haven't seen any reports that they're planning on moving him. I'm assuming he'll accept that deal. Uh, I don't think he's going to go anywhere. John Wall, another guy who is probably on the second worst, con- was on the first worst contract in basketball, the only one worse than Chris Paul, solely because of the injury that happened last year to his Achilles and the fact that his his monster mega supermax deal doesn't even kick in until this year, and he's coming off a torn Achilles. And as we know, that's one of the hardest injuries to come back from in sports. Um, not to say anything about his talent, I'm a John Wall fan personally, but I don't see him getting moved. Kevin Love's an interesting one um, because what really role does he have in Cleveland right now? Just to be a veteran leader for a losing tanking squad, I don't see any reason they shouldn't buy him out. One team I've I've seen linked to Kevin Love, which would be very interesting, is Portland. Imagine Ooh. you get – yeah, imagine Ooh. you get um, the backcourt of McCollum and Lillard. You get Kevin Love and who they just get, White so- Hassan yeah, Whiteside. He sucks, though. Yeah, he's not that good. But, like, that's still a fun team. Um, They're still in that cute range for me. I don't know. I, I Really? I heard the woo when, when you mentioned the Blazers. We've always said, and it, it is definitely a known thing around the league, that the Blazers are a third star away. I don't know if it's a Kevin Love. Like, it's probably a, a much higher of a star. But they went to the Western Conference Finals without him. And he's kind of been stashed away in Cleveland. You know, he barely played last year. But, like, Kevin Love was once a really good player, and now he's evolved his game to be a three-point shooter, which would fit perfectly in Portland. That, like, Ennis Canner was dominating for them, so maybe Kevin Love kind of – that I really like that, Abe. 
I mean, I, I think that would be an interesting spot, but like the thing is like, can Portland compete with like, like now both these teams in LA are sick. Now the Rockets are better. Like the yeah. West only got better. Um, the Warriors, I know you think can still run it back. I still think they'll be good and competitive and have a chance to maybe get to the Western conference Finals. So it's like, where does Portland rank in this, like in the power rankings of the West? Um, one thing that's going to be interesting to see who would come out of the West seating is going to matter a lot. Like, I'm interested to see, so? like, what? Do you really think so? Yeah, no, no. Because I'm interested to see, Why? like, at the end of the year, like, like teams might want to, like, lose some games towards the end of the year. Oh, so okay. playing some certain teams, and maybe instead of a, you, you're facing one of the L.A. teams in the second round, Portland loses a couple games at the end of the year, and they're looking at, like, a, a Denver or Utah, who right. are going to be really good teams, but, like, aren't proved, like, don't have, like, these superstars – like that the LA teams do. So I think seating is going to be huge for the Western conference. Um, we saw it this well, year, like realistically, realistically, the Rockets probably should have gone back to the Western conference finals, but since they started slow, they ended up having to see the Warriors in the second round. No, but they than- got up there. That was the problem is that they like got right into the Warriors spot. Uh, I think they wanted to beat the Warriors to prove it, but um it's interesting because the narrative has always been until this past year, like you want home court, but after what Kawhi and the Raptors did, which is kind of running through Milwaukee and then Golden State, uh, well, I guess they had home court, but they were winning all those games in Golden State. Um, does home court still really matter? I say I think it does, and I no, wouldn't. Necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily tank and try and get a matchup. No, I, Not home, court, home court is always important. Exactly. I, I don't know. I think I'd rather an easier matchup than the home court, personally. Yeah. Like all you got to do, all you got to do to to re, to to combat not be, having home court advantage is win one game on the road, and then it switches. So yeah. I would it's much like rather holding serve than not the home court. It's like holding or breaking serve, which brings up a, a great question from SQ Delgado zero two. Who will pass Federer in Grand Slams first? Is it Djokovic with sixteen or Nadal with eighteen? And let's let me just point out that. Fed has 20. He's not retiring, so he can still add to his little uh, spot there. Uh, incredible Wimbledon today, an all-timer, five-setter, 12-game tiebreak. Uh, Fed, I don't know what really happened in the final tiebreak by points, but uh, my prediction is going to be Djokovic. I think you feel the same way. I think Nadal's getting up there in age. He'll have He'll have like two or three more clays though at the French which would give him 21 I think Fed can still get one or two so it'll actually be interesting to see that race to like 21 22 between them but Djokovic is like four years younger and he's the best player in the world right now and will continue to be for the future so I have Djokovic getting past them both probably to like 23 it would be cool to see them all finish at like 22 though yeah I, I agree with Djokovic um I'm going to call you out for being stupid. Uh, Djokovic is 32. Nadal is 33. I was saying four years younger than Fed. Oh, well, Nadal is four years younger than Fed, and Djokovic is five. Five, sorry. The Nadal-Djokovic age is relevant because of the same age. Yeah, yeah. but Djokovic is much younger in terms of, like, Nadal is already getting old. He's been injured a bunch. Right. Um, What you you said that I really liked is the whole clay thing. Like, Rafa is known as the king of clay. Um, whereas Joke and Federer are more winning these Grand Slam titles on other surfaces like Wimbledon's grass. Like the French is the only clay, right? Yeah. Yeah. So 
Um, Joke's the number one player in the world. I think he's at a better point in his career. He's He really is the best, um, and we saw that today. Uh, it's the first time in since like 1940-something that um, a guy was – he Djokovic Federer had two championship points to win, and Djokovic was able to come back and win the entire match. Um, not to say anything about Federer choking or anything, it was just the craziest match I've ever seen. The shots towards the end of the game. Did you see? Did you catch the end of the match? Yeah. What is up with Djokovic eating the grass? <laughs> I think someone said, if you think really deeply about it, he was calling himself the goat because goats eat grass. Nah, he's That's just a psycho. Right. That's a reach. He's just a weirdo. He's Serbian. No, no disrespect to our Serbian listeners, but you know <laughs> they're a little odd out there. Yeah, that that was weird, but yeah, unbelievable match. My roommate was sweating because he had a he had a future on Feder. Uh, he he wasn't too thrilled, but yeah, I mean, Joke is the best player in the world, and he showed it today. I mean, Feder, in my opinion, is the best of all time, and until someone passes him. Uh, that'll still stand true, but joke, in my opinion, will catch or pass um, Roger before Rafa does. Okay. Uh, question from Gusburge7. Here's a special shout out. Give him a follow on Snap and Instagram, Gusburge7. He asked on our predictions for our college football team, so Penn State and Texas. I'll start. You know that I will cover this in our college football. Com- uh, comprehensive preview, but I have us going to the college football playoff. I genuinely believe Sam is ready to take that next snap. Um, he's going to be up there in the Heisman. Also, our scheduling is very favorable because we get a top 10 LSU team at home, which means if we get them, and it's the biggest game in Austin in over a decade, if we get them early uh, at home and beat them, it'll virtually make it, it'll make it very, very hard for us to miss the playoff. We only have, we. I'm being serious. We only have one tough road game the whole year, and we get o- Oklahoma on a neutral site, who we beat last year with Kyler, and they're only going to be worse. And even if, with one win to a random team, if you have LSU and Oklahoma plus a Big Twelve championship win at eleven and one or ten and one, whatever we would be, I think we're going to make the college football playoff if we beat LSU, which I think we will. I mean, I don't. I just don't get how you can say that Oklahoma is going to be worse. Like, you know, they got Jalen Hurts, right? Yeah. So this is my logic. We like they could only be better because they lost Hollywood Brown. He's a Raven, obviously. Um, And they could only be better. Like they've had two back to back Heisman quarterbacks. You cannot be better unless you're assuming Jalen Hurts is going to play at a Heisman level. Even if he's anything short of that, they're worse, which he will be. And we beat them last year. So. I mean, yeah, the Big Twelve, the Big Twelve is always a fun conference. I mean, they're they're bound to send one team, but I want to talk about Penn State a little. Um, <laughs> what you guys have gathered from my fandom is that I'm, I'm I tend to be a little biased, especially when it comes to Eagles, um, Sixers, and Phillies. And Jack can vouch for me on this. The one thing I will never be biased about, and I probably will just I'll do the opposite of bias and just be pessimistic, is when it comes to Penn State football. They are an embarrassment of a program. Um, Franklin was hired a few years back is credited for rebuilding this entire program. Really just got lucky with Saquon fantastic recruiter. One of the worst college football coaches in game. Um, Jack and I have been to one or two of the 
Penn State Ohio State game. I didn't come this year. You didn't come this year, um, but you were definitely trolling me on the phone. It's just it's laughable. Um, let's talk about a roster no, first. The funny thing is, I I stick by that call, and you know that. Oh well, what, what Jack's referring to, which is just an abomination, is Penn State Ohio State this year. Um, we're up like I think it's eleven or twelve with like four minutes left. Obviously, Ohio State comes back. We have a chance to go down the field and win the game. Trace is having his Heisman type game. Like, could have made a bigger name for himself in the Heisman conversation. I'm not saying won it, but he was doing everything, uh, running all over the place, slinging the rock. And Franklin on fourth and five in our in our um, own territory calls two timeouts no, no, no. back to on, on Ohio State's territory. This was if you guys picked up the first down, you're in field goal range to tie the game. Uh, whatever, irrelevant. But calls two timeouts, so takes his grand old time to think over this masterful play. Trace is having a Heisman game. Like, give the ball to Trace, right? Let him throw the ball. If not, let him create by himself. If you don't get it, you live with the results. You blew the game just like you always do. But no, James Franklin decides to call a halfback draw right up the middle right where they were sending the blitz and literally I'm sitting in the, I'm standing sitting in the stadium and I see this play call and I'm freaking out. And all I could do was laugh when he called this. Um, so Franklin, in my opinion, we've seen him blow these games before uh, USC in the Rose bowl. Um, a couple years back, it was against Pitt where he threw the ball deep um, in overtime when we just needed, or three minutes left, when we just needed a field goal, and if we'd won that game, we probably would have gone to the playoff with how that season went. After we, um, that was the year we blocked the Ohio State kick at home and beat them when they were either the number one or two team in the country. But you look at our roster; uh, we just had one of our quarterbacks transfer to Mississippi State. He wasn't even that good, Tommy Stevens. So now you have this redshirt um, freshman coming in. No, redshirt sophomore and Sean Clifford. Who I'm reading good things about, but like our whole offense, our best players are redshirt sophomores, is wide receiver KJ Hamler, very speedy Deshaun Jackson like receiver. A lot of young guys throughout. Um, I think we could be good in a couple years. We've had a couple of the top recruiting classes as of recent. So with age, um, I can see this team becoming a little bit more special. But this year, I'm not expecting anything out of Penn State. We've got we're at Ohio State. We can chalk that up to an L. Michigan's bound to be better this year, even though we have that at home. That's an L. At Iowa. So what's your record prediction? Over, under, eight and a half wins. Uh, I'm going to go under. I'm going to go eight. Seven or eight wins. Yeah, I think, I think it'll fall on eight. But you just touched on, real quick, OSU-Michigan. I think this is the year Michigan finally gets past Ohio State. They get the game at home, and they're going to be a better team. With the new coach, Meyer leaving, I don't know if Fields is as legit as uh, people say. Shea Patterson's going to open up the offense. Are you willing to take a $100 bet that Michigan finishes with a better regular season record than the Buckeyes? Hmm. Let, me do some you told me. Yeah, let me do some research on this, and we'll, we'll, lock in, okay. we'll lock in some wager for the real sports fam of some sort related to Michigan-Ohio State. But I got, I got to do a little research to see how I'm feeling. Um, just because you already are taking one side, it makes me think that you're wrong. So I'm kind of thinking <laughs> Ohio State is going to be better. They do have Justin Fields, who just transferred. Obviously, it's their first season without Urban Meyer. Should be between that games in Michigan this year. Yeah, yeah. Well, Harbaugh, Harbaugh will probably blow that. Michigan will be a good team, but Harbaugh will probably lose that game. 
Um, they, could be, they could be actually playing that game to get to the playoff, and the amount of pressure that has, plus the fact that he's never been Ohio State, is going to be excruciating. I'm telling Let you, me, we're going to do a lot more diving in on the college football preview, but look out for Michigan State this year, in my opinion. Um, they're returning like 17 starters, I think it was. Uh, they have a favorable schedule. A lot of their tougher games, they're they're known for being bad on the road, but a lot of their tougher games are in neutral sites. I think they... They might have Auburn, if I'm not mistaken, in a neutral site. Um, but yeah, in related to Penn State, they're an embarrassment of a, of a football program. I'll continue, <laughs> I'll continue to to shit on them throughout. They're gonna I thought we were done with Penn State. You kind of came back around and just wanted to get one last jab. No, yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna beat this dead horse until James Franklin's on his way out. Um, when we were there, though, when, my years at Penn State, we weren't supposed to be as good as we are. Uh, Saquon and Trace turn the program around and a lot of favorable years but we just we just blow so many games yeah alright we have two NFL questions but real quick we need to shout out our sponsors who pay for our giveaway items Uh, Blue Wire is teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably go to harrys.com backslash blue wire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes a five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel and a travel blade cover. You get all of that for just three bucks shipped right to your door. Enough with the cheap razors. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Harry's is fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a very fair price. Harry's founders were so tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. They bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. Join the 10 million people who have tried Harry's. Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com backslash blue wire. All of them come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love it, you know, just do a shave. Tell them it sucked and you'll get a full refund. So, again, make sure you go to harrys.com backslash blue wire to redeem your razor for $3. Abe, in, I'm going to count you down three seconds. The... Your favorite Harry in sports. Three, two, one. Harry Kane, because that's the first one that came to mind. <laughs> that's obviously going to be mine because I'm a Tottenham fan. And I was trying to think of a guy for you. I'm thinking Harry Giles. And that's nah. about the only other Harry I know in sports. Nah. I was a huge fan of England during the World Cup. Remember my future that I had? Yeah, it was coming home. Uh, I was blasting the It's Coming Home song. I really oh. thought it was, but England will England. You know them. Yes, they will. They blew two. They blew a. Uh, the what? What board did we beat them in? All of them. <laughs> We're not history people. We're sports people. Facts. All right. NFL time. Two good questions. This is my favorite one. Decker fan eighty seven. I think you can you can kind of figure out where this is heading. Do you think that Denver Broncos will make it to the playoffs this year? And this was a question mark and an exclamation point. So he's really excited. And if you name your Snapchat after Eric Decker, you got to be a big fan. So the short wife, answer is wife. Uh, true. Wife, Jesse Decker. You can name. If Jesse Decker follows me on Snapchat, let's just say I want to retire. Let's, um, let's make it happen, Real Sports fam. Decker fam, use your poll. I know you I know you might know the Deckers. Let's make it happen. Yeah, let's make it happen. Um do I think the Broncos are making the playoffs this year? Don't they have Joe Flacco? Does that mean it's Super Bowl or bust for the Broncos? Jeez. Uh, <laughs> Decker fan. So it's a very good question. Do I think the Denver Broncos 
um, will make the playoffs. Not only do I not think they'll make the playoffs, but I do think they have a chance to be one of the worst teams in football. Um, yeah, I agree. I don't think – I think their only benefit, their only thing they have going for them is this whole new, like, you can uh, challenge a pass interference. And we know that Joe Flacco is the king of just closing his eyes, throwing it 50 yards down the field. And just Dude, in Denver, are you kidding me? In that thin air, he's going to be getting 70-yard pass interferences. That's where he made the throw to get us through the AFC Championship yeah. is in Denver. He's there. going to live on those. Um, no, the Broncos aren't making the playoffs. I hope Joe makes it the whole season. They'll probably get a lock at some point. But kind of pivoting off that because we want to at least make some sense of the question, your sleeper team to make the playoffs this year. Last year – uh, the Bears, I would consider kind of a sleeper. Who do you got this year? Huh. I was deciding between a few teams. I know before the pot, I told you I was going to go with uh, Carolina. But I find myself doing this every year where I'm just like, Cam could just go off this year again. And then I realize that he has a crappy shoulder. He can't do anything with that. Um, I think McCaffrey will have a big year. But I'm actually doing a last-minute audible. I'm going Oakland, and this will this will lead into our stop. stop. Sleeping, no. sleeper for what? I'm not saying to have a good year. I'm saying make the playoffs. So am I. Oh, this is what you do. You just make hot takes. No, I make the you right. Think the Oakland Raiders are going to the playoffs, bro. Think about this. Three years okay. ago, three years ago or some sort, they went 13 and three. Derek Carr was having an MVP like season, then got hurt at the end of the year. Um. They brought in AB. I love what they did drafting Josh Jacobs. That's a nice segue into our next question. Um, but yeah, it's a sleeper. So you just got to pick, you got to have some fun with this one. Um, I think Oakland will have a very good year and I think they can sneak into the playoffs. Wild card division, we'll see. You're going to hate my answer then if you like the sleeper. Uh, my sleeper is a team that went six, nine, and one last year that is not being talked enough about the Green Bay Packers. I don't Aaron consider that. Well, that's the thing. They they were really crappy, but I just think sleeper in terms of not only do I think they'll make the playoffs, but I think they'll finally have a chance to get back to the Super Bowl. Uh, I haven't been high on the Packers over the past couple of years. I think Rodgers has been kind of given that. I don't know what, what other player gets all the excuses, but never the blame. But he, to me, has gotten a lot of that over the last two seasons because they blame the coach. They blame the defense. They finally have the defense. They have the new coach. The system's all for him. It's time for him to shine. You know, if he wants to be considered one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and some people call him the greatest, which I think is laughable. But if you want to call him the greatest ever, even in that category, you got to get to the playoffs year after year and have more than one Super Bowl. So I think it's finally to, I don't think that division's that special. The Lions stink, the Vikings, you know, Kirk Cousins is whatever. I, I have the Bears having a down year. So I think the division sets up nicely for them to go to 10 and 6, win the division, get a home playoff game, and then go from there. You can beat the Saints in the Super Like, you can do that. So my sleeper is the Packers. Uh, if, well, if they don't sleeper, make the playoffs this year, go ahead. No, if they don't make the playoffs this year, I'm done with Rodgers. Bro, sleepers, like, when you ask a sleeper, it's supposed to be like a – you're supposed to have a hot take with that. You just gave, like, the most room temperature, lukewarm, like – This team went 6-9-1 and one last year, bro. Yeah, because Rodgers was hurt. Like, they still have Aaron Rodgers on their team. Like, that's not a hot – that's not a sleeper. He wasn't pick. hurt last year. When was he hurt? 
He missed like he missed a few games in the beginning of the year. No. He won the game against the Bears. Whatever. Who's your NFL MVP? Asked Ryan Wilkins. Let me start. I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers. I think that's just the correlation is he's going to be lights out this year. Like, and I'm not even the biggest Rodgers fan. I think he's amazing. He he really is. But I think this is the year that it's got to be all him. They signed like hundreds of millions of dollars of uh, defensive players. Um, so he's going to have the ball a lot, and they should be able to play a good D. And your record, you need a good record, and you need to have good stats, which he can do both of in this new system. So I'm going Rodgers. Um, well, I told you I wouldn't go Carson Wentz. We all know how I really feel. But if I, it's, if I can't choose Carson Wentz, which I'm not, I am. I am picking Carson Wentz. I would say Andrew Luck. I said it, I said it on the last pod. I think the Colts could have a great year. Uh, one of the best, biggest question mark with Andrew Luck throughout his career was his health. He was able to stay healthy last year. Had a great year with the Colts. Um, one of the best offensive lines in football. Uh, a young team, only getting better year in and year out. The defense was great last year. And I think the Colts are bound to have a big year. Uh, like you said, it all has to do with record. So if the Colts can live up to the expectations that I have for them, I like Andrew Luck to win the MVP. Yeah, I don't hate the pick. It seems trendy just because they were trending so far up last year, but it makes sense. I, I just think that division is going to be a bloodbath between them, the Texans. The Titans are like so bad, but somehow they always win eight or more games over these past couple of years. And then your boy, Big Charlie, you might need to bleep this out, Big Dick Nick. Uh, I think this is a team that I think actually, you know what? That can be my sleeper. If you're not accepting my Packers, I think that he can take them to the playoffs. I know he's super inconsistent, but this was a team two years ago that Blake Bortles took to the AFC championship game that they actually should have won if it wasn't for a bad call. And are you going to tell me that Foles is worse than Bortles? I don't think so. So how about that? Do you accept that as my sleeper? I disagree with it, but I'll take it. And Charlie, don't bleep that out. That's his name. (laughs) All right, final question. Who do you think will win NFL Offensive Rookie of the Season? Uh, Nestor underscore Andrew one. Nice underscore in the name. That's always key to having an underscore. Uh, I'll go first. It has to do with my pick last time. I think Josh Jacobs uh, in Oakland. I know people are going to say Kyler Murray, but the Cardinals didn't do anything to improve that roster other than just add Kyler Murray. Like They're still going to have one of the worst offensive lines in football. Um Maybe David Johnson will return to his old form and be good for them. But I just don't see Kyler Murray having enough around him to have a great year for them. Uh, granted, Saquon won it when the Giants didn't have a great year, but that's just because he put up the most ridiculous numbers like in the receiving and the running game. Um, but I'm going to go Josh Jacobs. Uh, and the reason I'm going to go Josh Jacobs is because I think Antonio Brown will open up the entire offense for him. And I think John Gruden will run Josh Jacobs into the ground. Uh, we saw... I saw something the other day how like running backs under rookie running backs or whatever under John Gruden have get like 300 plus carries a season. Uh, Cadillac Williams, even though he's a lot of our listeners might not even know him because he's he's probably out of the league right now. Would you agree? Cadillac Williams? Yeah. Yeah. He hasn't played in a few years. years. But he had an unreal rookie year. That's when everyone was so hype on him and like fantasy and everything uh, because he got like 330 touches when Gruden was in Tampa Bay with him. But yeah, I think Josh Jacobs will be utilized. Uh, He was one of the top running backs. He was the top running back coming out of the draft. 
um, him and then my boy Miles Sanders from Penn State, who's now on the birds. Um, but yeah, I think with everything that Oakland has added to their offense with Antonio Brown, I think Derek Carr will have a good year. And I think Josh Jacobs will just be utilized that much to the point where he'll put up the numbers and that'll lead them to the playoffs, like I said previously. You're talking um, you're talking a lot about usage, which is why I'm going Kyler. Uh it's kind of we always talk about in the NBA, usage is huge. That's kind of why players put up big gaudy numbers. Um, but I think it's gonna be Kyler. He's gonna start from game one. He's in that system. He's gonna have a, a ton of rushing yards, and he can throw the ball way better than my boy Lamar Baby Go Jackson. So I think it's going to be Kyler, even though we've seen with the Offensive Rookie of the Year, Saquon last year, Baker was in the conversation. Uh, record doesn't really matter. And, like, maybe it's uh, Nikhil Harry on the – it's just hard to win as a wide unless you put up massive stats. So right. I think Kyler's just going to have a massive season. Dwayne Haskins will be fine if he even gets to play. Drew Locke won't play much. So I just think having a 16-game season – and putting up a ton of yards on the ground and in the air. Plus, it's a it's a media award, so Kyler's going to be exciting. Josh Jacobs will be fun, but you know that all that attention is going to go to AB in Oakland. So that's my prediction for NFL Rookie of the Year. I'm so glad you didn't say Daniel Jones. Oh, I forgot about him. He's <laughs> I, well, he's he's not even going to get to play either. So it, that's what just makes quarterback uh, so such a light position for rookies this year. But that, that wraps up episode 11 of the Real Underscore Sports Podcast, a Snapchat sports pod. Thank you guys for listening. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at RSPod. Uh, we're going to post some stuff, let you guys get in on the debates. But thank you all. Abe, any last words to the Real Sports fam? Not much. People's episode. That was fun. We should do We should do more of these. Just like we, we will. send in the questions. Yeah, we'll, we'll always do more for the people. Uh, my message for the Real Sports fan, let's have a good week, you know? It's still summer, but let's have a great week. So thank you guys. And new have job a good- tomorrow, man. It's a, it's, a new, it's a new start for me. It is a new start for you. So that's even more motivation. Let's have a great week, Real Sports fan.